Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Having a home is hard work. So get a quote at geico.com. Easy. And before we get started, I got a quick question for you. Did you put Christmas on a credit card? One of the big challenges that American families are dealing with every single year. I read a study a couple of years back that said the average family spends six or seven months trying to pay off the credit card debt they racked up over the Christmas holiday. But what if there was a better way to get out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments? Here's something to think about. The money you borrow on your credit cards is the most expensive money you've borrowed yet. We're talking interest rates, 19, 21, 28%. You would never consider getting an interest rate like that on your house or car. Why is it okay on your credit cards? It's not, it's silly. You're throwing away your own money. There is a faster, cheaper, better way to get out of debt. It's savewithconrad.com. Now, as a reminder, the interest you pay on your mortgage, well, that's tax deductible. But the interest you're paying to Visa or MasterCard or Discover or American Express, dude, you're just throwing all that away. Keep more of your own money and get out of debt right now at savewithconrad.com. Yes, you're going to get a better rate. Yes, you're going to get a greater tax deduction. And most importantly, yes, you're going to get a cheaper monthly payment. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners say five, six, seven, even 800 bucks a month. And now is the time to do this. We've got better rates than we've ever had before, but I don't know how long this will last. It could all end tomorrow. Don't get stuck making minimum payments. Go ahead and hit the reset button. And oh, by the way, get the best interest rate on a mortgage you've ever had. You see, once you've obligated yourself to your existing mortgage and this credit card debt, it's up to you how you pay it back. It's your debt now. Now it's something you got to deal with. Well, doesn't it make sense to get the best rate and the cheapest monthly payment possible? Doesn't it make sense to pay your house off as fast as possible with the cheapest monthly payments? A lot of our listeners have converted their 30 year loan down to just 15 years. And if you want to get rid of your credit card debt, if you want to pay your house off in half the time, you can do it right now at savewithconrad.com. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. And man, if I can't save you some cash, I won't waste your time. First family mortgage is your hookup. Holler if you hear me. It's savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084. Equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's right. You don't have to make your January or your February payment. You're done until March 1st. We're licensed in more than 40 states. What are you waiting for? Go to savewithconrad.com right now. There's no better time to say, I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate Steven singer. And you've heard us rave about his famous roses, but Steven singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step. Well, Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. And don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he recently kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online too, and that's just the beginning. Gifts that say I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home, it's easy. 
Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. It's Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn. And of course, we couldn't do it without the founder of the Four Horsemen, the Hall of Famer himself, the Enforcer Double A, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? I'm great this morning. Great too. How'd I do? Am I getting that thing you do down? Uh, you you are. (laughs) You got it down pat. It's going to be our signature. It is our signature. By the way, you have no idea what we're doing. If you're not watching at adfreeshows.com. but Arn and I are getting in the rhythm of not only doing audio podcasts, but it's a video cast. Now you can watch the video early in ad free over at adfreeshows.com. And today I'm really looking forward to seeing the video on you discuss and try to defend if that's even possible. Star K 2000. That's the 20 year anniversary on December 17th. It's the MCI center, Washington, DC. Any good Washington DC stories Arn? Oh, well, you know, believe it or not, been the fact that a lot of people had to take public transportation to get down to Washington, DC, to the arena. And that's how they came to the show. And then a lot of times we had to regulate the ending of a show to accommodate public transportation going the other way. That's something nobody ever thought about. I bet you. No, I haven't. And, uh, it was just that one market in particular that it was very important. And if, uh, you know, this, you had to accommodate them and uh, we had to shorten shows and all kinds of things. It, they were, you know, once again, people that go through all that, that actually get on a bus to come downtown or a train or whatever it may be to go to a wrestling match are rabid four-star fans. That's all I can say. And uh, I applaud them for doing that over the years. And, uh, it just really shows their loyalty, um, individual stories. We always went back to Baltimore. If we were flying out today, we didn't stay in DC often. Um, so not many stories from there. Um, other than I think over the years, they had some very successful shows. I just wouldn't have put one so strongly that's about Thanksgiving and Greensboro and all that. I wouldn't have put this show in that town. It's just me. Well, this is a big deal. You know, Starcade 2000. It's the very last Starcade. And unfortunately, you're not able to wrestle on this one. Uh, we've we've recently reviewed over at adfreeshows.com. Your last big pay-per-view match, which was Halloween Havoc 96. So you weren't on Starcade 96, 97, 98, or 99, uh, because you were out of the ring, but even in 95, you weren't on the show. Uh, so I think my last uh, memory of you being at Starcade, uh, at least in the ring was 94, uh, when you were challenging Johnny B bad for the television championship, but by 94, the bloom was sort of off the rose for Starcade. Would you agree with that? It was just less special by 94. Oh, absolutely. Um, for me, the whole, you know, the company had, uh, WCW had lost all earmarks of being like the old NWA. Yeah. I think 
I don't I don't think it was even recognizable by that point in time. By the way, uh, if you hear the the noise in the background, Arn has an army of landscapers doing his bidding. Uh, you've probably figured out that what Arn does best is spine busters and DDTs. Uh, so since we've been recording uh, this month, you've had your entire house remodeled inside and out. Uh, painters I, working I, around I, the clock. Uh, what now? Now we're having the grounds. I believe Mrs. Uh, Anderson refers to it. The grounds are being manicured. Okay. And if you go back to some of our previous podcasts, you will recall that I might've been the only human being, the only American born here, educated here that cut his yard, his grandmother's yard with a actual push mower. You recall that? I I used a push mower. No, no, no motor. Oh, I recall blades. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm with you now. And until you've cut half acre of grass that is overgrown because you've put it off because you were going to baseball practice. So you've cut that with a true push mower. You won't appreciate the fact that what I said to Aaron, if we ever make any money ever, I'm going to get people to do the yard. I'm through cutting grass as it were. It turned out made a couple bucks. I have a long crew <laughs> just so you don't set the scene that even though I am regaling in my empire right now and looking around, it's looking pretty good. Yeah. I'm not lazy. Oh, I didn't think you were lazy. I'm just, you know, pointing out the fact that you're a, a man of means. You're a man of leisure and have a, uh, yeah, uh, these days I, I wish that was the case. However, um, Let's just say that, uh, I have experienced professionals in every aspect of my life. You're a professional. I'm conducting myself in this aspect, my yard work. I use professionals. Do you own or rent your home? Sure. You do. Fortunately, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing too, because having a home is hard work. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save Geico.com. Easy. Hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks, a few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over paid for by NHTSA. Well, nothing wrong with that. Let's talk about the professionals here on hand for Starcade 2000. And unfortunately, this is the very last one. Well, okay. We bring it back 17 years later as a house show in North Carolina for the WWE, but it's not on the network. It's not a pay-per-view. Yes. The fans are, are excited in Greensboro, but it's, it's not quite the same. 
that, that magic had left long before, but it did start to come back a little bit, at least in my opinion, in 96, it felt like a much bigger show with the NWO there, Hogan and Piper, uh, and then 97 again, really big show. Maybe the biggest in WCW history, Hogan sting. We keep that momentum going a little bit and we see Goldberg street come to an end in 98. 99 is the Russo show. And, uh, it's just, it's crazy for lack of a better word, but this is it Starcade 2000. And you want to know why it's it. And we just recently covered this with Eric Bischoff, but whew, there's 6,596 fans here and only half of them were paying to get in. And Ooh. when, when you go back to the Genesis of Starcade and knowing that Starcade 83 was not only at total capacity, but the, the traffic was stopped on the interstate. That's how bad the walk-up was or how big the walk-up was. Supposedly thousands of people turned away. I, I've read in excess of 7,000. Other people have said more than 13,000 people, uh, were turned away at the door. That's not the case here. Only 3,465 fans paid to get in or when did you know, Hey, the writing's on the wall and we're going to get sold or something, but WCW, as we know it right now is coming to an end very soon. Was there a moment? Can you look back and, and think about everything was different after this, whatever that was? Well, there were, there were backstage rumblings, um, during this period of time, uh, prior to Rusev, Rusev, Jesus Christ, Russo, <laughs> excuse me. I'm for it. Let's blame Rusev, that asshole. He did it all. I love Rusev. A great guy. Uh, he probably was like close at that particular time. Was yeah. He probably a baby. Yeah, he's 10 probably. Um, Rusev, there it was, Rusev again. We get Rusev off my mind. Okay. Bro. During, the, during this period, you know, your top guys who weren't happy with Russo and the creative, my understanding was there were some closed door meetings and disagreements and some guys just got sent home, which you would think would be a punishment. But since they had huge you know, guaranteed contracts, it turned out being a blessing and a reward to those guys. This was happening a little bit along. You have to understand, but when you have a guy, you know, whoever it may be, a Flair or, or, or a Sting or a Kevin Nash or somebody that's not on the show, you start asking questions. If you're trying to save your ass here and try to, you know, put the fire out in the company, try to rebuild something and make this work. You got to ask why those guys aren't there contributing. That was the first thing that off red flags with me. Uh, you know, you got to have your players. It doesn't matter if there's been an argument with, you know, the guy that's, uh, it's trying to write the show now. It doesn't matter. You got to pull together. This is your livelihood, your family's livelihood. And if, a company that size goes out of business. And that was some of the rumblings starting to have that they were going to company, man, if you don't know much about the business. If you don't realize that makes it now pretty much a monopoly and the word monopoly scares the piss out of me. If it, when it's used to anything except to get a board game, monopoly is a bad word. It is a bad word. And to your point, there's a lot of talent that's not on this show. 
Uh, Sting's not here. Booker T's not here. Uh, there's a lot of folks who are not on this card. Uh, Kevin Nash, you mentioned is going to be teaming with Dallas page, but, uh, there's just a lot of talent that's not present for this one. Uh, and, it, and it's kind of weird that we don't have Ric Flair in a wrestling match here. He's going to make an appearance on the show, but he's not in the ring. Uh, let's talk about, you know, sort of where we are as we head into this. Brad Siegel holds a meeting, uh, to announce to everyone on December 8th, what the future of the company will be. And, uh, Meltzer would report the rumor and innuendo is that Terry Taylor, Johnny Ace, Craig Leathers, and Tony Schiavone had all pitched to be in charge of the company. But the reality is Eric Bischoff is trying to, uh, round up some cash and do a bit of a takeover, a purchase of WCW. And we know that's not going to be successful because, uh, Kellner is going to say we're removing the programming from TNT. So if there is no TV show, what are you buying? When you heard that Bischoff was trying to put together a group of investors to buy WCW, did you think that was a positive thing at the time? Or had you lost confidence in Eric by 2000? Well, I mean, no, it's, it's, it's a hard job, you know, that company for the longest time, you know, in its infancy, everybody was happy with them just doing television and that being it, there weren't house shows being run when they first purchased the company. It was just TV. Uh, and it was one of those deals, but as you started adding more and more talent, in order to pay for that talent, you've got to start running some live events. And, you know, there must have been five, you know, executives during the 12 years that I was there that were in charge, but those were names, you know, that we never had a face to go with them because they were never around. Right. And, you know, so it was almost like a fictitious boss that had a name tag to him, but you couldn't find him. He wasn't anywhere. There was no way you could just set up a meeting with somebody like that. Uh, there were just so many things, uh, you know, the, the company flamed up so huge with the whole NWO thing and, and the company and battling the NWO and all that. It went from, from mediocre to red hot and now hit and and it was, uh, and it was just a frightening time it really was. It's also frightening to see how low of a priority the program is. Um, Nitro is going to be preempted for a David Copperfield special on TNT. Not only that, but you're going to miss shows for Christmas and new years. And you know, it shakes out to where three of, uh, of the four weeks of TV here are not going to air the program. That has to be something that gets everybody nervous. It's one thing to get preempted once a year for a dog show or once for, uh, you know, a tennis match, but man, when three out of four are preempted, it kind of tells you where you are on the totem pole with us, with the station. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I mean, it, it, and it was, I think it was so bad at that time and the words, you know, being sold or you know, the company and it's not just not, we're not going to air the show and all those things that's doomsday talk. And I think going back in my mind, I was trying to, to, to somehow just, uh, put that out of my mind. Like this can't be happening. You know, if I shut my eyes, it'll go away and it wasn't going away. 
And, you know, when we heard about Eric and investors and buying the company, well, that at least meant the company was going to survive. Right. Whether or not I would have been one of the ones to survive with it, who knows? Uh, but even a chance, a shot in the dark was better than no hope at all. There's no better time to say, I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate Steven Singer. And you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Well, Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. And don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he recently kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online too. And that's just the beginning gifts that say, I love you every single day, backed with decades of experience in the comfort of your own home. It's easy. Just go to, I hate fast, free and safe shipping. It's Steven Singer jewelers. That's I hate Hey man, what are you doing? What's taking so long? Seriously, just ask Philip up in Minnesota. We hooked him up at SaveWithConrad.com. He gave us a five-star review and he had this to say, Jimmy and Jen provided outstanding customer service. Admittedly, I was skeptical, but I was amazed, highly recommended. And how about this? Check this one out from Kenneth. He's over in Louisiana. He gave us a five-star review and says the entire process was simple and your team took care of everything. We'll definitely recommend to anyone. Let's keep the hits going. What about Christopher up in Ohio? He says, after dealing with Stu, Clint, and everyone at First Family Mortgage, I couldn't help but ask myself, why did I wait so long? The process to refinance my house cut five years worth of payments and interest off of my existing mortgage, and it was stress-free. There was no pressure from Stu and the team, but they were available if I had any questions or concerns. I can't recommend First Family Mortgage enough. These are listeners just like you all over the country who've heard me bragging about how we can help your family save some cash, and they rolled the dice. And it paid off. We can help you save some cash too. You don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. But with rates as low as they are right now, it's not a matter of if we can save you money. It really is a matter of how much. If you're in a 30-year loan, I can save you tens of thousands of dollars. If you've got credit card debt, I can save you hundreds of dollars a month. And how about this? You can even skip your next two house payments. How much money can you save? Find out right now for free at savewithconrad.com. That's savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And you heard the part about skipping two payments, right? We're talking no payments in January or in February. You're done until March 1st. Come March 1st, you're going to have a better mortgage. Check it out right now at savewithconrad.com. Let's talk about um, some of the other things that are happening as we get here. Of course, one of the things we need to discuss is Goldberg. He's uh, a few years removed from being one of, if not the biggest star in the company, but he's going to make an appearance on a radio show where he suggests that he thinks Vince Russo 
who at this point is no longer actively writing TV, but I think he's still getting paid by WCW. He thinks that Russo may have actually been a plant sent by the WWF to ruin the company. I realize this is conspiracy theorist stuff, but do you remember any of the boys in the back really subscribing to that theory that, Hey man, this is, this is going the other way. I wonder if Vince sent Russo down here to kill us. A lot of people thought that really believe it or not. They sure did. They sure did. Uh, and I guess it was probably because the fact that he, you know, if you're in that chair, this is just me and I'm not qualified to be in that big chair and be responsible for a show that big and a company that big. But to me, no matter what a talent had to say derogatorily about my running of the company or disagreeing with the way I was going or the routing or the way I was using talent and all that stuff, Irregardless of that, I would have figured out a way to patch the holes and make it work if, because I can, one thing I can do is recognize talent and talent that can make a contribution or just talent. You know, I can go out and watch three weeks in a row, uh, a talent live, tell you if he's over or not, or if he's getting over, you know, I'm, a, I'm able to spot that with all those guys going home. And then you send Rusev home or Rusev, Jesus Christ. I, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> We're gonna be- Russo went home, you know. you know, there's you can put fingers in a in a boat that's got a few small holes and maybe get to shore on it. This thing is is about to crack open, but uh, there was, and I think most of the thoughts and the and the conversations that he was sent down to advertise the company was because of his style of writing, you know, huge buckets of blood getting dumped from the on guys, uh, you know, just the, the wacky ways that he, the characters that he used using the young guys and all these weird characters and these weird names, general erection and all that stuff. You know, it's, it's almost like the guy was just in a lot of people's mind, you know, I don't know that I ever thought that because it just seems like, you know, nobody can keep a secret. Right. Uh, having him sent down by Vince to kill the company, I, you know, I, that was just a little bit far-fetched, but there were very real conversations that it was a possibility. Let's get to the show itself. Uh, we've got three count winning a three-way ladder match over uh, the Jung Dragons and uh, uh, Jamie Noble and Evan Courageous. So a lot of talented folks here, uh, Hayashi, Yang, Moore, Helms, uh, Jamie Noble, Evan Courageous, 13 minutes and 51 seconds. Meltzer really dug it. He gave it four stars and said this must set the all-time record for number of ladders used in a match. They really do deserve a lot of credit. It's pretty innovative. Uh, the fans weren't with it at first. Uh, they want to see the quote-unquote big stars, so they're even doing the boring chants, but they win them over with one car crash after another. You know, I, as a kid, uh, even at the time here, I absolutely love this match. Now I wonder, boy, how safe is that? I hope everybody's okay. And I'm sure you probably had a similar feeling watching this one back for the first time in 20 years. Yeah. I mean, from the first time I saw one of these matches until yesterday, my one fear is for the talent. I never want to sit there on my couch or at a monitor 
and see a, a at least in the very least, if not a friend, uh, you know, a, a, a coworker yeah. get paralyzed or get injured or get hurt or, or God knows what in a match like that, because it's like, well, God, we knew it was dangerous, you know, but obviously the business has evolved and it's going to be part of the business. All we can do is, is try to make it as safe as we can. But as far as those six guys going out there, they gave you everything in their creative mind, everything in their physical body, took every risk, did everything possible, humanly possible, busted their ass to give you a really quality product. And they did. And it paid off. And you said they won the audience over. Yeah. They won me over because I know all those guys and you know, their hearts all in the right place. They all love this business and what they like more than anything is just performing. And uh, a lot of good heads, you know, in that match and they put together a masterpiece. Go watch it. If you're going to watch one match from this show, I'm going to recommend that this is it. Four stars. Uh, Moore and Helms are on top. They win together, both holding the contract. They're going to get a tag title shot tomorrow night on Nitro. Uh, I don't know how they're going to survive that after this battle, but it's worth going out of your way to see. I think a lot of our listeners are super familiar with Jamie Noble and, uh, of course, Hurricane Helms, but uh, check out everybody else in this match, too. Really a spectacular performance. Next up, though, something a little different. Lance Storm and the Cat. Maybe this is a little overbooked here. The gimmick is that Jim Duggan wants to be a face, but Landstorm tells him the only reason he still has a job is because of the team Canada gimmick. And when he leaves, he'll be unemployed. Um, so this is all directly from the observer. He did not like it. He gave it a star in three quarters. Uh, ultimately Lance is going to get the win by submission and Meltzer would point out cat actually tapped before storm even got the hold on to make things more confusing storm and Elix skipper attacked Duggan after the match, but guess who made the save? The cat, uh, pretty remarkable that we've got two great performers like Lance storm and Ernest, the cat Miller, cause Ernest had charisma out the wazoo. I don't think Lance storm ever had a bad match, but this one, and maybe it's the placement on the card. How do you follow what we just saw? Uh, so they tried to double down on story and the story just didn't work for me. what did you think watching it back for the first time in 20 years? Well, I think it was a mistake shaving Hacksaw Duggan's beard off. Sure. Which happened obviously during this period. Uh, Jim Duggan is the classic example of it ain't broke. Don't fix it. Yeah. Oh, yay. Still will get the biggest pop in the room. He could, you could send him through the curtain for any company. And they love Jim Duggan. Yep. They always has what you see. It's what you get. Legitimate tough guy, but more so than that, smiling his way all the way through the, uh, the match, whatever the situation is. And he brings that kid participation into every match that he's in and people they've got comfortable with him. They just like him. And, and when you try to, you know, in any way, change that character. You've made a mistake. Ernest Miller with the red dancing shoes was one of my favorite parts yeah. of every day. It was 
absolutely awesome. And I tell him when I bump into him, some of these appearances, man, I used to love your gimmick. And I did. It was great. I think in this era, my two favorites, uh, as far as, uh, sort of let me up segments, if you will, were Norman Smiley with the big wiggle and, and the cat just cutting a promo and dancing as silly as it sounds in, in the context of a wrestling show, it really worked for me. I liked it. Yeah. And, and Hey, on the other side of the thing, Lance storm is a tremendous performer. Yes, sir. Dry is the desert and that's why it works. Yes. He's so polished. Everything he does is explosive. His knowledge of, you know, in the ring is psychology is great. And then he opens his mouth and it's just dry. Dean Malenko dry. But if you sit there and really listen, it's awesome. And, and Lance, you know, being in that mix, he just, uh, he was just one of those guys that, that, you hear all this loud commotion going on and you screaming here and all these things going on. And then you hand the Lance and it's, can I get serious for a moment? Do you think Pop me every, every time do you think Lance was born 10 years too soon? I think Lance would have been a much bigger star today than he was back then. He would have, his talents would have been appreciated more. I think. Yeah. Because it would have been in an era when your work rate was, you know, the first thing. Most people judge you. Then they said, well, can he talk? That would be the second thing. Then if he had a great body and he had passed the other two tests, he's on his way to being a superstar. Yeah. I, I just think he would have been a much bigger star today. Let's talk about the next match. We got Terry Funk. He's aged 56 here. He's working with crowbar. And you know, you just talked about something that you really loved. I love Terry Funk at any age. Him being in hardcore matches here in the late nineties and, and here in 2000 with WCW, this really works for me. Uh, crowbar friend of the show. He's going to be in a losing effort. Terry Funk gets the win and wins the hardcore championship in 10 minutes and 21 seconds. Meltzer would say it was, uh, a typical backstage weapons match, but probably due to funk knowing what to do and when it seemed to cut above the usual backstage overdone weapons brawl, uh, two and three quarter stars. I loved it because I'm a Terry Funk mark and, uh, I admit that right up front. What'd you think? I think Terry Funk could go to the ring, have his entrance without an opponent ever coming out. You could ring the bell and he could have a match with himself <laughs> all over any arena in the civilized <laughs> world. And when it was over, you could have a finish and you wouldn't be disappointed. I've That's heard Terry Funk. I've heard of wrestling a broom. I've never heard of having a match with yourself, but if anybody could pull it off, you're right. It's probably Terry Funk. He just was a, one of those characters that just, he wasn't a character. That was him. That yeah. was him 24 seven. I'm sure that one of the funniest things on earth 
was the alarm going off at Terry Funk's ranch, him knocking the lamp over to get the light cut on, trying to swing his legs out of the bed so that he could be sitting, and then the battle to pull himself up by the chandelier to get standing, and we haven't even got to the breakfast room yet. (laughs) I would love to have a camera and follow him through a 24-hour day. It would be awesome. It would be awesome. He needs his own reality show for sure. Uh, next up we've got, uh, well, a match that nobody really knows who won. Uh, it's chronic, uh, which is Brian Adams and Brian Clark taking on big Vito and Reno, uh, kind of weird here. Um, I don't know what to say about this one. Meltzer would say who knows who won the whole storyline here is that somebody was paying chronic to take over Vito and Reno. The announcers brought up Marie, thereby eliminating her. The bookers have to be one step smarter than the predictable story. So it ended up being Reno. However, Adams throughout the match kept chasing Marie, looking for the money, even though the job wasn't done while Marie denied it. The crowd was totally dead for all this. And it was the second time they had done a swerve on the show. And unlike the first time, nobody cared after Reno used his roll, the dice on Vito and pinned him. He threw the money to chronic who weren't even the ones who got the job done. He was the one dud. I don't know what we just watched here. Arn, could you make sense of this watching it back? Nope. And I don't know how they ended up in the steam room or the shower as part of this. Do you chronic how that was part of the, uh, of the story. The whole thing's weird. I mean, I like chronic as a team. And I don't mind big Vito and Reno, but the story here, this there is the one. Yeah. There was an applause bullet. Was there? No. You know, I think it's, a, I think it's throwing a match out there to get everybody booked so that, you know, they're on TV. There's some justification for what they're paying them. But do I think anybody sat down and really thought about this to make it you know, good for the talent. And, and that's in the end, number one priority, make it good for the audience to where they can understand it. It's entertaining. You got something you can hang on to and, and bite into. And then it's to make it right for the talent so they can go out and tell that story. And I just got a feeling there wasn't a whole lot of prep done on this one. It was just a random booking and, oh, okay, here's what the story will be. Almost after the fact. Let's talk about the next match and the performers within it. I guess most importantly, Bam Bam Bigelow is going to lose to Mike awesome. They have totally botched Mike awesome here in WCW. He came in as the ECW champ. They try him as the fat chick thriller. They try him as that seventies guy. They just don't let him just be a badass. We're starting to see some of that here. I guess they're trying to position him as the career killer. I never got to meet Mike awesome, but as a kid, he was one of my absolute favorites to watch. What did you think of Mike awesome? Uh, I think Mike, who was a nice enough guy came into an environment of, of wolves and sharks. And I think there was a little bit of sniffing out that, Hey, this guy's, you know, he's a big star with ECW. He's going to be a big star here. I think the antenna kind of went up on a lot of the top guys, the, the more vicious top guys and the smarter top guys. And they figured we're going to have to 
get this guy to sabotage himself or we're going to have to sabotage him. And it was not too many TVs. You started to see adding layers onto his character that he didn't need, putting in precarious situations instead of just winning for nine weeks. You know, the old, if the guy was big, he was a good performer. The easiest way to get a guy over today, tomorrow, 25 years ago, put him in matches that have enough time, give him an opponent that knows what time it is, and just go out and win every week and have good matches. And, you know, I, I don't think he really had a fair start. If he would have came to the company 10 years earlier, who knows what the guy could have been. I love talking about our friend, Steven singer. I'll tell you the competition must really hate this guy. He just makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better. And he makes it fun. Steven is the very first to offer each and every customer the perfect price. That's right. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Well, head to Steven singer jewelers and you're guaranteed to get the perfect price. You'll never pay more than the guy sitting next to you. Here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down to make you feel like you're getting a deal. The guy next to you might be paying less. Do you want the most important purchase of your life to be based on your negotiating skills? That's not the case at Steven Singer because at Steven Singer Jewelers, you're guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. That's why we trust Steven Singer. He makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. So check out Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. When you're talking about big guys who are smarter and vicious, maybe putting the kibosh on him, we're in code talking about Kevin Nash, are we not? No, no. A lot of big guys. You know, it could have just been guys that didn't necessarily want to go out and bump around for the guy. You know, they don't want to, uh, you know, showcase the guy. Certainly was not alluding to Kevin. Uh, but, I mean, you had you had the Steiners. You had a lot of big guys that worked for that company. And, uh, you know, certainly if you paired him off the Goldberg, you know what that finish was going to be pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, you do. You can't go there. And, but, hey. That worked. I was in full favor of, of Goldberg going out every week and thumping guys because nobody else looked like him. The athleticism, the striking, even though he was not a great worker, he wasn't out there long enough to be become a great worker. Right. But that's fine because you knew what you had and you go with it and the entire company got behind it. What about Bam Bam Bigelow? This is a guy who was a big star for Vince once upon a time. I think a lot of people assumed he was going to be a top guy for a long, long time. Instead, he, he carved his own path, became an ECW world champ, did big business over in Japan. I don't know that he ever really reached the heights in WCW that folks expected. Was he just coming in too late? Had he, had he picked up some injuries and his game maybe wasn't what it was before? Did he just not fit well politically? What can you tell us about Bam Bam and WCW? I was never around Bam Bam in close quarters enough to know um, what exactly the deal was. I know that he did have some injuries. Big guys that take bumps like he does 
going to get hurt. Small guys that take bumps like he does are going to get hurt. And I just, uh, you know, there was a lot of, uh, of rumor and, and things going around that, that, you know, uh, well, let me just say that, 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 uh, there comes a time to play and there comes a time to work and you can't mix the two. Got it. And without, you know, the guy was always nice to me, shook his hand. Every time I saw him, I respected the fact that a guy that size couldn't move like that. And it was just another one of those, uh, casualties of an era where there were a lot of casualties and everyone was as hurtful as the one before it and as disappointing and, and just sad. And it just, he was a young man that, uh, should have lived a lot longer. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Well, they have a match here. Uh, Mike awesome going to get the win eight minutes and 36 seconds, but, uh, they're doing some, some gimmick stuff here where Bigelow's punching his hand through a window and his forearms all cut up. I got to say, after we saw what happened when Goldberg punched out the window in the limo, which happened before this timeline wise, that's a bad idea, right? hundred percent, hundred percent. Surely to God it on this particular version, they were using candy glass. Right? I sure hope so. The sugar glass, I think is what they call it. Right? Is that, oh, okay. Not being a guy that worked a match around punching a window out ever. I'm not really skilled on the terminology. <laughs> I was always of the opinion that you open the door first and roll the window down, but uh, yeah, you do, you do things a little differently. That's true. And I can tell you the, the, the window that Goldberg punched out was not what do you say it was sugar, sugar glass? glass. Yeah. No, it was the real deal. And it cut the piss out of him. I was, I was right there close and it was, uh, nasty. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was nearly life or death. I mean, he hits the wrong artery there. Uh, he's a goner. Yeah. And then blood was spewing yeah. big time, you know, and he spent some time on the sidelines as yeah. a result, as a result of that. I mean, like major times, like months, right? Yeah, absolutely. He did. Yeah. So, so bad call there. Um, anyway, back to Mike and, uh, uh, bam, bam, bam. bam. Yep. Big, yep. big boring chant here. Uh, fans aren't with the, really with it. They wind up on top of an ambulance. Bigelow goes through the roof. So we've had a couple of swerves. Now we got stunts. This is probably not your, uh, your cup of tea so far, huh? No, I'm a wrestler. And I build a wrestling match, whether it's for me or, or, the, or as a producer, the guys I'm helping stunts aren't my gig. What tell everybody again, we we've touched on the fact that you're no longer an in-ring competitor here. What was your role here for star K 2000? What were you doing that day? Keep my nose above water. Were you an agent? Yep. But with responsibility and no authority. So what does that look like a WCW agent? We haven't spent much time talking about that. Well, here, here's what they said. Here's who you're working with. How much, here's how much time we got. How do you feel about this? And if they said, well, I don't like it. You just had to go, okay, well, what'd you have in mind? And if such is the day in the life of Arn Anderson. 
do you remember what matches on this show you had? I do not. I do not. But it would have been to carry, really, it was, we didn't have a boss. Right. We didn't have a booker. We didn't have anybody there that you could go to and go, hey, he's not cool with this. Something else we can work out here. You know, you want to help me uh, figure out what we should do or should we hold the guy to doing what you want and, you know, pay the consequences? I mean, what was those deals? In those days, you know, it was really just a carrier of some basic information, opponent, position of the card, how much time, eventual winner slash loser. And that was it. And if there was an argument or, or a guy, you know, had something that, that, that maybe he couldn't perform what was being asked or he just didn't like it or whatever the deal was, there was really nothing I could do about it except reason with them and try to talk them out of it because there was always that fear of the one person that did say no that didn't agree with whoever happened to be in charge that particular day, real or imagined, and he could say, okay, send him home without pay. Let's uh, let's keep going here and let's talk about the next match. Your favorite, General Hugh G. Rection, which I have it on good authority, was your nickname in junior high, beat Shane Douglas by DQ in nine minutes and 48 seconds. Uh, we've got lots of... Uh, run-ins and outside interference here. Uh, this is just hard to watch. Meltzer would say, no matter how hard the talent worked, the scripting at this point was killing the show three quarters of a star. What'd you think here? Sinking ship, you know, the, the name alone, you know, the, the humorous thing, humorous, I kind of got. And he, you know, Bill's a big guy. He's another big guy that can really move for a guy his size, you know, a top rope moonsault for a guy that size. That's pretty damn impressive. Oh, yeah. But huge, huge, what was it? Huge erection. Huge erection. Yeah. Yeah. We're ribbing ourselves again. It's an inside joke that's supposed to be funny that has since lost its pop. You know, it's one of those things. It's just, it's, I thought it was, Low brow, that's the best we could come up with. You know, it's it's the all these sexual innuendos and sh- stuff you're throwing out there on, you know, on TBS, which is a, a you know, it's a PG product. It should be. You uh, you've put over Hugh Morris as a performer before. What about Shane Douglas? We haven't spent much time talking about him before he comes into the company this run because he had been here before. Boy, he was pretty vocal about your, at the time, best friend, Ric Flair, uh, cutting all kinds of promos about him in ECW and calling him out and saying mean and nasty things. And now he's here in, in WCW. What was your relationship like with Shane? And what did you think of him as a performer? Shane was a worker's worker. He was a great baby face. I worked with him a few times, you know, and when they had him and Johnny tagged together. We worked some tags with him, but, but I worked some singles with Shane and I thought he was a very polished baby face. And then when he, you know, ECW as a heel in the face of the company and, you know, their champion, I thought he did a good job with that. It's not easy to, 
switch sides and, and be as good as you were as one or the other. Right. Uh, and I thought he was pretty damn polished and, and a polished worker and, and did some really good stuff. Uh, I've talked to Shane over the years. Every time I've seen him, we've had a good conversation because his career wasn't built on being a gimmick. I mean, he, the guy could go out and tell you a story. And, uh, you know, that's what I looked at. If a guy was a good worker, man, I had, a, I, I always wanted to work with the good workers because I was limited and make no mistake. I'm not going to tell any lies here. It really helped to be out there with a guy that was really a lot better than me that I could cater to, to his style. And when it was time, I had just enough stuff on my tool belt that I could make this be a believable fight. And Shane was one of those guys. And, uh, that's been always been my opinion of him uh, and the, the backstage politics that he went through in his career. You know, we all went through that. Um, every one of us. And he was a guy that, you know, he used that platform. I'm sure to, to cut promos on Rick, Rick didn't work with that company, but I'm sure it certainly got his name out there and got people buzzing and talking, even though they worked for separate companies. Rick's been pretty negative about Shane over the years. Did you and Rick ever talk about Shane Douglas? Yeah. I mean, he had, he had his opinions because let's face it. You know, if we really want to just break this down, Rick was a guy that had a, from day one with that company had a lot of input because yep. the guys in charge knew the name Rick flair knew he was a marketable commodity, you know, to say the very least. Yep. He was a guy that they wanted heading up and being one of the faces of, of their company. And, and I'm sure, you know, Rick, but butted heads with a lot of talent over the years. And, uh, when he was the booker, you're going to make a lot of enemies number one, but just being who he was and having the stroke and, and a suggestion would come down and it might not have even been about Rick, but if Rick took a stance the opposite way, I'm sure a lot of times he won and won the argument and you know, you make a lot of enemies that way. I was not in any of those discussions. That was not my position in the company, you know, um, if he was all powerful, a lot of the things that happened to me negatively would have never happened. Right. But he had just enough power to pretty much get his own way. And I think that was probably the situation with, in some capacity with him and Shane. Whether you own or rent, Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks, a few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home. Okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. 
drive sober or get pulled over paid for by NHTSA. Let's, uh, let's talk about the next match here. We've got Jeff Jarrett teaming with Ron and Don Harris to take on the filthy animals. It's Conan, Ray Mysterio, and Billy Kidman. It's a combination street fight slash bunkhouse match, 12 minutes and 32 seconds. Uh, Mysterio is going to make a comeback with a broomstick and Meltzer would write funny seeing people sell for the dreaded broom bristles. Um, Kidman does a shooting star or is going on top for the shooting star, but one of the twins breaks a bottle over his head and Jarrett pins him with a stroke, a star and a half, a bottle over the head. And we're also punching out windshields and getting thrown through ambulances. Uh, no, this wasn't the main event. We're, we're just about halfway through the card. A lot going on here, Arn. Why don't we just go ahead and have a proverbial walk on glass match? Yeah. Or, you know, maybe a gun on a pole, right? Wow. Is this a loaded gun? Well, I mean, listen, we're, we're hitting people with cars and parking lots where we're throwing people through ambulances. We're punching out windows. We're breaking bottles over each other's heads. You know, why not? We are hot shotting our ass off to no avail. That's what we're doing. My point is, I don't know where, you, you know, and we've, I, we mean, me and you've made fun of this on adfreeshows.com when we watched that horrible Halloween havoc from 91 in Chattanooga, where they electrocuted Abdul the butcher. Well, after we've just seen a motherfucker get electrocuted in an electric chair in the first match, it's kind of hard to get excited about headlock takeovers in the next match. Is it not? That would have been called bad positioning. Yeah. That's something you end the night with. You don't begin the night with it. I just, I don't, I don't get why we're doing all of the gimmicks here. And here's the thing. You got really capable performers. No matter what you think of Jeff Jarrett, Ray Mysterio and Billy Kidman. Are you kidding? How's it possible that we're not letting those guys show what they can really do instead? Hey, why don't y'all beat each other up with brooms and beer bottles? Yeah. And you know, the Harris boys were big, rugged, legitimate guys too. I mean, you're talking about bullies, two small guys, Billy and Ray, what's wrong with just the story that they kicked the shit out of Jarrett several times, but guess who steps in, saves him, the big guys, it turns the tide. You could have done that three or four times during the course of the match and got the audience right with it because the size difference was you know, and Ray hasn't, hadn't quite reached this, the, uh, superstar quality, you know, and renowned around the world as being a little guy that can make stuff happen. Kidman had a hell of a run with WCW. Yes, he did. Tr- tremendous performer in, in that cruiserweight capacity. So there were a lot of things that you could have done that it just seemed like we were trying to constantly Conrad trying to hot shot the night. And just have them leave them the, leave the arena talking, not really trying to build towards something else down the road, which is what our business is based on. You don't give them everything on one night. You don't have them leave the arena wanting less. You have them leave the arena wanting more, almost being satisfied, but just not quite. And, and that concept was lost somewhere along the way. I do want to mention somewhere in here, we, we started to see a bunch of backstage interviews with me and Gene and Gene is in rare form, just busting the talents balls left and right. That was like the real gene that you saw at the bar after the show. Was it not? Yes. And he was a, 
he was a national treasure. Gene Oakland was beloved by everyone that ever bumped into him. I love Gene Oakland. And uh, he was just, man, he was just funny. You know, one night we came in from a show from a, uh, one of those that he had gotten out of early, must have been, you know, probably a nitro or something. And I'm coming through the lobby and I look over in the, the hotel bar and see, you know, table load of the boys sitting there. We walk in and, and I look over and Gene is sitting in a chair passed out with a full shrimp stuck in his mouth and everybody's just partying and drinking and not paying. It's like, this is just an everyday thing. And I look around at the table of people and I went, guys, do you realize that's mean Gene Oakland asleep with a shrimp in his mouth? Can we not have some decorum here? So I took the shrimp out of his mouth, ate the shrimp, went to the room. respect for gene come on now somebody take that shrimp out of his mouth that's hilarious he's awesome man i miss him what a guy one of the all-time greats uh next up we've got ddp and kevin nash and i can't believe this is a real thing i kind of forgot that they were even a tag team i've blocked it out but they're known as the insiders not the outsiders that was hall and nash uh and they're going to be working with chuck palumbo and sean stasiak uh, you could tell Kevin Nash is sort of lobbying for his old pal, Scott Hall here. Uh, Palumbo was doing a bunch of hall signature moves, but hall is persona non grata. Can't talk about him on TV here, but we have Nash even saying, Hey, yo, after winning the belts, cause they're going to regain the tag titles. This to me, you know, is, is four talented guys who, who are certainly putting together a very good match. It's three and a half stars. But man, the Hey Yoth stuff and Palumbo wrestling like Scott Hall, it just feels a little too cute and inside. Uh, but I understand that, you know, they're, they're feeling for their brother, for their brother here, but this is supposed to be the big show. Um, I liked Mike Sanders involved here. Ric Flair is going to come out and say, if Mike Sanders takes a step towards the ring, the titles will change hands. So we get a cameo from Flair. We get something from Sanders and it's probably the second best match on the card. I thought Kevin Nash and DDP did a more than passable job as a tag team. Although I wouldn't have dreamed up that that would be a pairing. What'd you think watching it back for the first time in 20 years? Well, there's so much history with page and taking the real strong stand against NWO and, you know, being one of the leaders of the company that was anti, you know, NWO and all there's a lot of history there. It's, it's kind of hard to get away from that and, and, you know, Nash was the, uh, he was the muscle of that group. He was the heavy hitter to evolve for them being partners and playing it straight, you know, but along the way, what did you see? You saw half the company go from WCW to being NWO black and white. Then you had the red and black, the wolf pack and all these evolutions of different guys jumping ship back and forth. It got to be pretty confusing who was actually who? And uh, the one thing that you take from this match, if you go back and watch it, is don't look at what Palumbo was doing so much as far as as uh, mimicking Scott Hall. That was just an inside deal that that Kevin had the power to get away with, and so he, you know, he entertained himself that night. You know, more power to him. Uh, 
But the fact was Chuck Palumbo had a very, very high end career in my mind. I thought he, you know, he was good and he looked good. He had everything, height, size, handsome guy, thought he was an excellent performer and, uh, you know, whatever happened, you know, for him to fizzle out, you know, I know that he went a different direction has a car detail, something auto body shop restoration, something in San Diego. But, but I thought that guy really had the opportunity to be a big star in the business. Let's talk about our main event It's Bill Goldberg and Lex Luger. I guess this is the main event. It's the co-main event. Um, Bagwell's going to come out and, uh, Bruce is going to come out. Bruce of course is, uh, a long time staple at the power plant. It's pretty cool to see him get to be Goldberg second. Of course, Goldberg came up through the power plant. I know that some of our listeners probably didn't like the idea that Sarge was on TV here, but I thought it was kind of cool that that guy gets his uh, opportunity to shine a little bit. What'd you think about them using Bruce on TV? I thought it was inside, but in the best possible way. There's a guy that trained God knows how many guys and polished them up. Sarge, one of our favorites, right? Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker yeah. is what you probably saw him as on TV, but behind the scenes, yeah. he's one of the more important people in WCW. He's, uh, helping some of the, some of the guys who have some natural athletic ability, learn the wrestling craft at the power plant. And you know, the power plant was really important to Bill Goldberg. So I don't know, maybe it was too inside, but I kind of dug it. No, it wasn't too inside for me. It was a guy getting a little bit of a reward for putting all the years in and the contributions that he made, you know, you, you'll never be able to put enough credit to the Dr. Tom Pritchard's to the Sarge, to fit Finley, to the guys that actually that no one ever sees in the afternoon, get out there and take prospects and turn them into performers. And that's, that's a few guys that have trained more guys. If you sat down and made a list of all the people they had trained or worked with them on a particular week, let's say the rock was coming back for a match and, and he had to have somebody to go get back in, you know, a little bit of ring shape with that week. Those guys that are, that are chosen to go in that role. And, uh, that's what you had here, Buddy Lee Parker. He, you know, spent a lot of time, I'm sure, with a lot of talent, teaching them to respect the business, you know, to earn your way into the company. And uh, he would help you with your tools. And uh, I thought it was pretty cool. Now, the match was with the run-ins and all the mess was just a jumbled up. I couldn't keep up with it, to be honest with you. Yeah, Bagwell's going to start attacking Bruce and, some chair shots after the bell. Either way, Goldberg pins Lex Luger seven minutes and 19 seconds. We're going to send fans home happy with a Goldberg win. And now our main event, Scott Steiner, Sid vicious Scott gets the win 10 minutes and 14 seconds. Uh, of course you probably had an idea. There's going to be some, uh, some shenanigans. There has been everything else. We get a ref bump. Uh, we get, uh, people getting hit with pipes. Jeff Jarrett's going to come out trying to swing a guitar. Of course he's going to hit Sid, but instead swerves and hits Scott Steiner because that's what we do. Uh, then Steiner nails a couple of low blows and the recliner and the referee is going to stop the match two and a half stars. 
I got to tell you, and I know we might disagree here, but I loved Scott Steiner as the WCW world champion. I think he had credibility with the audience going back several years, even back to probably 91 before flair left. He had that singles match with flair. And we've discussed here before that flair, because of the politics sandbag, Scott Steiner. And when Steiner finally gets his run as a big tag team, not as a tag team, but as a single star. He makes the most of it as big Papa pump. He totally reinvents himself and he was believable. And Sid vicious, of course, had a crazy good look and, uh, he needed somebody to, uh, or Steiner needed somebody to be physically imposing on a poster. I suppose Sid vicious checked the bill and, uh, Scott Steiner picks up the win. I liked it as, as far as we're establishing Scott Steiner as our top guy, but it didn't feel like a Starcade main event to me. What about you? Well, if you took that poster and sat it in front of anybody that did not know the business or did know the business, but, and you just had big pop a pump and see it, you would look at that and go, I got to buy a ticket to that. Yeah. I have got to see that. Uh, Scott Steiner is one of the rare entities in the history of this business that was, when he first came in with, with his brother, they were a great tag team. I loved working with those guys. Uh, there are going to be teams and, and they're going to be talent that are going to tell you, man, the Steiners ate me alive and all that, you know, which was true. I was never put in that position just because I was positioned well enough in the business that they trusted me and they knew I wasn't going to try to pull any bullshit with them and, uh, with all kinds of different partners, you know, I had some great matches with the Steiners because they worked their ass off and gave as good as they got. Now, when Scott Steiner became big Papa pump, he was unrecognizable. I never seen a guy transform his body now, he had huge arms, was in great shape when he was young, but he looked like a guy, Conrad, that could have went on the stage without any prior experience and won the Olympia bodybuilding. Right. I've never seen anything like that in the business, a guy make that kind of change. And, and he had that character. And he had that rage and anger in him that was very real, you know, and him in that role is the lead heel when him coming out of there, out of the shoot with the, the chain mail and the, and the steel pipe in his hand, man, it was, it was a spectacle yeah. in itself. You know, it, it was never lost on me. I would just sit there and just, and I would look at the guy and I would look at whoever else was watching with me. And I would just go, my God, and that's about all I could get out because it was incredible. And, uh, he certainly third spot for him. He was the one thing on this show. And the one thing of that era I knew was not going to change. You knew what you had. He was going to come through that curtain and raise holy hell till he decided to come back through that curtain. And you knew that he was out of control and pushing the envelope and doing all things in the, in the name of being a heel, you know, that you could possibly have gotten away with during that time. 
Well, one of the things I wanted to mention, since we did talk about the poster is Scott Steiner is uh, on the poster along with Goldberg, Booker T and sting. And I don't know that there's anything more WCW about the last arcade. Half <laughs> the people featured on the poster aren't even here. A starcade happening without sting in the ring, without flair in the ring, just left you feeling flat, especially when you realize, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, it really is the last one. I think your true WCW fans will just tell you it was, you know, there were a few remnants of the old days, very few. They were just watching a show out of respect. There was more starcade than it actually was about the card. It was about the event. Well, that's going to put a bow on it. Uh, starcade 2000, you watched it back for the first time in 20 years. Arn, how disappointing was this knowing how big of a show starcade was when you first came in and what a major moment it was in your career, just 15 years prior to this at starcade 85. And now you see the state it's in here in 2000. Gotta be pretty depressing in hindsight. Well, you know, for me, I got to just, just, I was having to look at this. I couldn't sprinkle any magic dust on it, or I couldn't put a new coat of paint on it, or I couldn't rationalize it. For me, it was a period of my life that the companies that I had really loved, which was Jim Crockett promotions that morphed into WCW and then it became WCW and I saw that uh, it was on fire and the fire trucks were not going to make it in time and I was the guy that took the call that who was standing in front of the house and it's three-fourths on fire and the the guy calls from uh, the dispatch and he says sorry Arn." we're still 45 minutes away with the fire trucks. We're not going to make it in time. And then there's that moment where inside your head, you just go, this is over. The business as I know it is over. This company is probably going to be done. I can no longer wrestle no matter how much I will myself to do it. I'm just physically not able uh, it was a really down, depressing time for me, but I was looking at all the jobs, all the dreams, all the young guys like myself of this their entire life and really wanted to use, you know, make it an occupation of theirs lifelong. They were never going to have it because when that company goes down, at least half the jobs in the industry it's going to go down the sink with it and to sit there and have to watch it. It's like somebody's holding my head straight saying, watch the monitor. There's the future. Doesn't look very bright. Not a good feeling. Well, we hope that it's a good feeling that we got to uh, be a distraction for you today and talk about Starcade 2000. We're so excited about next year here on the show. Uh, we're not done though. We've got one more bonus piece of content coming your way on adfreeshows.com. Uh, we hope you guys had a great Christmas and you're going to have an awesome new year's here in a couple of days. Uh, we'll be back next week with another 
uh, Arn Anderson episode. Of course, we're going to start the year with a big hashtag, ask Arn anything. And if you've got a question, it's easy to participate. Just ask it over on Twitter at the Arn show. Of course, every other week, you're still in control of what we're talking about here on the show. And that won't change in 2021. And I'm happy to announce that uh, we have re-signed our deal and we have been renewed. We'll be back with you through all of 2021 on Westwood one. And they've been a great partner for us. Haven't they Arn? Absolutely. hundred percent, you know, and, uh, I'm constantly trying to get better guys The breathing in. I'm trying to get a hold of, <laughs> uh, now that you get to see us, I'm still looking at that head and going, my God, how old is that guy? But uh, we're, we're having a lot of fun, and you guys are bringing a lot of joy to our family, which you are now part of, and we hope we can do the same for you. Uh, one thing I do want to stress is some parts of this business, because we dive pretty deep, are depressing. I don't want you to think I have a negative view of the business now or then, but it needs to be discussed you know, from a different angle, one that you might not have been privy to if you're sitting in the audience you can't yuck your way through a lot of these stories and, and make them happy, but a lot of it and most of it, I wouldn't trade it one minute of it for anything else on this earth. So we put a negative spin on some things. Most of it's positive, and uh, that's the way we feel about it. We love this business. Yes, we do, and we're excited to be with you, Aaron, and thank you for taking time out of your day. and. Thank you guys for hitting that subscribe button. Hope you'll join us for these shows early and ad free and enjoy the video over on adfreeshows.com. until next time until next year, I guess next week, next year, same, same. Now, uh, he is at the art show. I am at, Hey, Hey, it's Conrad and we are out of time. We'll see you back right here next week on Arn. There's no better time to say, I love you. And the most hated jeweler in America is at it again. You've heard us say, I hate Steven singer. And you've heard us rave about his famous roses. But Steven Singer has been selling diamonds and bridal jewelry for four decades. Whether you have someone or something to celebrate, Steven is there for you. Ready to take the next step? Well, Steven has a ready for love engagement ring collection. That's no hassle, no risk, expertly picked engagement rings that are ready to go. And don't worry, Steven won't let you mess this up. He's been selling online for over two decades, but he recently kicked everything up a notch to better serve his friends and guests online. He has real expert jewelers on call to help you find the perfect ring or gift through new virtual video appointments, calls, texts, chats, or emails, all with extended hours. On top of that, he offers the best guarantee in the business with a full 100 day, 100% money back guarantee and free shipping. Interest-free financing is available online too. And that's just the beginning gifts that say, I love you every single day backed with decades of experience. In the comfort of your own home, it's easy. Just go to IHateStevenSinger.com. Fast, free, and safe shipping. It's Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B L E A V on YouTube or wherever you listen.